0: Welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. It's always the best edition. I am your host, Tyler Crawley. And, well, we got to start with the big report yesterday from the National Association of Realtors, their monthly existing home sales report. And for the first time in a long time, every single category was up in the month of June. It's been a while since I've been able to say that or write that, if you get the newsletter. (laughs) It's been a while because sales were up inventory levels were up and prices were up. Now, prices have been up for a long time. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, But sales, not so much. In fact, they snapped a four-month streak of declines in month-over-month sales. They were up 1.4%. There may not be a lot, but it counts. It was up to an annual rate of 5.86 million in June. Now, despite that being a positive number, sales did miss expectations which had projected about 5.9 million sales. Now, year over year, not surprisingly, sales were up 22.9% when compared, like I said, to the same time a year ago. But here's the big number, because we talked about this yesterday. The Remax report that came out on Wednesday that showed that inventories were up in June, and guess what? The National Association of Realtors Agrees. Same data, or not the same data, but they came to the same conclusion, I guess technically looking at the same data. Total housing inventory levels were 3.3% or up 3.3% from May to 1.25 million units. Unfortunately, levels were still down 18.8% when compared to the same time a year ago. Now, Lawrence Yun, I think that's how you say it. Lawrence Yun, NAR's chief economist, said supply has modestly improved in recent months due to more housing starts and existing homeowners listing their homes, all of which has resulted in an uptick in sales. But as I mentioned before, the big winner, always the big winner, at least for now, was home price appreciation. Big jump in the median sales price, which reached, you ready for it? $363,000, a 23.4% year-over-year increase. The single-family number was even more impressive, up 24.4% to $370,600. Now, looking regionally, the West, of course, still leads. The median price of a home in the Western part of the country $507,000. $507,000. Nuts. That's up 17.6% year over year. Northeast was second at $412,800. They saw a 23.6% jump. The South was at 311600 a 21.4% jump. And the Midwest still under 300000 at $278,700, up 18.5%. Now, obviously... It's great to see inventory levels increase, but it's really not doing much to stop the rapid rise in home prices that Young argues is having an oversized impact on first time home buyers. He said in a statement, quote, first time home buyers who need mortgage financing are being uniquely challenged with record high home prices and low inventory. Although rates are favorably low, these hurdles have been overwhelming to some potential buyers. And we've talked about that. I mean, that's one of the unfortunate realities when home prices go up, you price some people out of the market. That's the reality of the situation. And then that's what gets us to the other big story yesterday. The New York Times reported on how rising rents are threatening to prop up inflation. Now, I love how it's kind of worded in a way where it's like, oh, rents are gonna keep inflation up. Well, yeah, anything that gets Anything that's part of inflationary data is going to keep inflation up. (laughs) It'd be like, oh no, wheat prices are going to keep inflation up. Yeah, rents have the power to do that. And because housing costs are, let's face it, the biggest expense for the overwhelming majority of people, yeah, it's going to hit them a lot harder. So the majority of people, when rents go up, I mean, let's face it, if everything else was cheaper, but rents were still you know, 20, 30% more than they had been, <laughs> that's gonna hurt you more than like bread prices going up or some other food product that maybe you could just avoid. You cannot avoid not having a place to stay. And so here we have home prices skyrocketing. It's pricing people out, so they have to rent, and now what we're seeing is that the rental markets are snapping back a lot quicker than most economists had thought, and this is, well, causing some sticker shock. Alan Deitmeister, an economist at UBS and a former Fed staff official, told the New York Times, we're seeing owners' equivalent rent move up fairly sharp already, saying, I expect it's going to get worse later this year and early in the next year. So it's going to get worse. Where is it already? Well, rental prices nationally, according to the latest data, have grown 9.2% from January to June. And he's saying it's going to get worse. Now, during normal times, normal circumstances, from January to June, you're looking at about a 2 to 3% increase. So that's big. That's a, that's, what's that? It's over four times, maybe. It normally is. If it's normally three, then it's not. But it's two, yes. <laughs> it's like right there in the middle, so it's perfect. It's possibly four times as expensive, or I should say the rate of growth is four times what it normally is. Now, this matters, obviously, to the inflation debate, because rental costs play an outsized role in the consumer price index, as it does for consumers. The Times says so a meaningful rise in them could help keep that closely watched government price gauge, which is picked up sharply higher for longer. So they thought, oh, no, this is all transitory. Prices are going to go back down. And so, yeah, let's say that does happen for groceries. But if it doesn't happen for rent, because let's face it, it's a lot easier for them to say, okay, we gotta find groceries. Maybe you can find them somewhere where the demand isn't as strong. But it's a lot harder to start building homes and apartment complexes. That takes a lot more time. That's why this whole debate about, well, they talk about it in the article. What can the Biden administration do? It's like, well, I mean, there are things they can do, but most of them aren't gonna have a big impact. We have a supply and demand issue. We don't have enough supply. So in order to solve that problem, you need more supply. And it takes a while to complete building apartment complexes or homes. So you can throw money at it, but you're not going to see the result for some time down the line. Now, like I said, if you get my companion newsletter uh, I also point to a the this is a quarterly survey from the National Multifamily Housing Council that says market tightness has reached 96 now that matters because anything over 50, 50 is like considered equilibrium and this is at 96 in fact this is the first time that market tightness sales volume equity financing and debt financing all were above the break-even level of 50 so things are uh yeah they're tight with regards to apartments, which is why you are seeing rents jump to the level that they're jumping to. So it's it's not a great situation for people out there that are looking for housing. I mean, if you're locked in, you own a place and you've refinanced and now your payment's gone down or you bought a place and you know low rates helped you lock in that price, you're sitting pretty. But I couldn't imagine if you're someone whose rent's coming up, <laughs> you don't know what the price is going to be and you can't find somewhere to buy. So, yeah, it's I mean, it's always two sides of the coin, right? So if you're in the situation where you're living somewhere, you just refi, just bought, you're good. People out there that have been priced out of the market, not so good. Now, speaking of not so good, I know I usually like to end on a positive note, but that's just not to be. On this, it's Friday. That's good. That's good news enough. Okay, jobless claims unexpectedly jumped yesterday, completely missing expectations. So initial claims for the week were 419 thousand. That was a 51 thousand jump. 51 thousand claims over what they uh, what they were last week, and that and they were expecting it to fall. So that's just a huge miss. I mean, it's not just like they missed expectations. They went the completely wrong direction. Uh, The four-week moving average was 385,000, which was an increase of 750. I mean, so that's how big this miss was. It even impacted the four-week moving average, which has been going down for the most part. We actually had a pretty good week last week. Uh, Continuing claims also missed expectations for the week. Uh, This was, however, it was the lowest level. For insured unemployment since March twenty first, two thousand and twenty, continuing claims were three point two three million, which was a drop of around thirty thousand. But the forecast had been for it to drop to about three point one two million. So it dropped, but not as much as they would have liked to have seen. Uh, and then looking at the state level data, the states with the largest increases: Texas, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Missouri. Largest decrease is Georgia, Rhode Island, Puerto Rico, Kentucky, and Maryland. Now, that being said, Joseph Brusselis, I think I got that one right, uh, chief economist over at RSMUSLLP said on Twitter that the increase, quote, underscores the week-to-week noise in the data and is not indicative of any signal of a change in the downward trend of the pace of firings. So what he's arguing essentially is that, hey, we're moving in the right direction. We may have some jumps here and there week to week, but as long as the overall trend line is moving in the right direction, and okay, we'll take that. That'll be some good news for you here as we wrap up the show. All right, you guys have a good Friday. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back here Monday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And don't forget, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait